The Utes are traveling down to Gainesville in just a matter of days, and it is an exciting time for Utah football as they have an opportunity to get a huge win to start off their season. But what are the keys to getting that monumental win? We're talking about it on Locked on Utes. You are Locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're going to be going over the three biggest keys to Utah securing a dub down in Gainesville. And in order to go over those keys, have a special guest coming on today's show, a Ute Zone contributor and the co-host of Break Time with FTB and Sammy. It's Sammy Mora. Sammy, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, It's been a while since I've been on the uh, the old Locked On podcast, but I'm happy to be back. Yeah, you were a frequent member with Brian as well, so appreciate you coming on today. And This is one of the most exciting times it's ever been to be a Utah football fan. Ever since the last snap of the Rose Bowl, we've been counting down and waiting for the football just to be back, getting this, the excitement, the atmosphere in Florida. It's so great to have it, and it's finally here, so it's fun to talk about the biggest keys going into this game. And I'll start off with the number one thing I think Utah needs to do to secure a win is really establish and stop the run as well. This is a Utah team we know when they can run the ball, it gets the play-action game going, makes them so much deadlier. Guys like Dalton Kincaid, Brant Keithy, what they can do as run blockers is phenomenal, but when you get the run game going, the threat they pose as it looks like hey it looks like they're going out to block but they're actually running a route as well as we know what that repeated run does sucking the defense in for that split second so and this is a Utah team as well Tavion Thomas is one of the best running backs in the country we're gonna see a little bit of Jalen Glover as well as Makai Bernard and who knows maybe even some Chris Curry if the depth chart is to be believed with all the oars we saw listed on there but I really feel like if this team can really establish the run they're going to be able to get the win because they will control the clock, control the time of possession. And inversely, if they can stop the run, I think that puts a lot of pressure on Anthony Richardson, who he is an extremely talented quarterback. Urge Coach Whittingham raving about him and all the different individual attributes that he has that make him such an incredible, not just college player, but NFL prospect eventually as well. But I do think he's the kind of guy, if the game is squarely on his shoulders and he really feels the pressure, third and long after third and long, he's going to press and he's going to make some mistakes and the key to getting teams in those third and longs is not allowing them to run the ball so I really feel like if this Utah team can establish the run as well as stop it it's the first big step they need to get a win down in Florida I agree I one of my keys was actually just establishing the offense as a whole yeah. um you, you mentioned the run game and stuff like that and uh after talking to some people down in Gainesville like they're very confident in their defensive line. They're very confident in their defensive line, and they're somewhat confident in their se- their secondary. The area where they're struggling the most is their linebacking core, mm-hmm. which if you can establish that run or even get your, your tight ends like like involved a lot, like Brant, Dalton, those guys, I think it's going to be easy to establish your offense because if you're just running quick like seam routes through the center of the field as a tight end, like I'm pretty sure you're going to be fine. But... 
with having making sure that they establish an offense, I think is is going to be one of the biggest things that needs to like happen because we've over the last year, especially we've kind of become acclimated to what Utah football, like what the offense for Utah football looks like. And I think there's a lot, not a lot of pressure, but I think a lot of fans are going to be watching like to see what the offense, what the offense does, especially given like Cam, all of Cam's like accolades and stuff that he has coming into this season, the accolades the tight ends have, the accolades Tavion has, the accolades the offensive line has, like, I'm not saying accolades are everything because we know at the end of the day, a lot of these guys don't care about those kind of things. They care about what happens on the field. But at the same time, if they don't establish their offense, I think it's going to be a long night for Utah. Um, are we doing all of them right now? Or am I just giving just start, you no, just start with one? <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's my, that's my first one is just establishing your offense because if they're able to establish it and like go at their own pace, I have a feeling that they can just chip away at eat up time. Mm-hmm. Um, six seven minute drives I think are possible with this offense you don't Utah's not the type of offense that's going to take 17 deep shots in like one quarter yes (laughs) like you'll maybe get maybe like one or two or like maybe like maybe one or two in the entire game depending on how it's going but like Utah's not like an air raid offense like that's not who they are they've always been a run first team and I think they're still a run first team but I think now that Cam's in the quarterback uh, position and also the the plethora of wide receivers and tight ends he has around him um they're becoming a lot more comfortable with the pass game it's not something that we could have said like five or so years ago because five or so years ago it was just run 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 with the occasional pass but now it's like hey we're gonna establish this run but then guess what we have five or six guys that are gonna be able to make big time catches for us no, 100%. And I, that is one of the things that's so exciting is how long have we been talking about Devon Vele is going to break out this season? And he's finally taken the field with that opportunity. Solomon Enos, Money Parks, Jalen Dixon, the talented freshmen as well. I mean, these are tons of guys we're going to get some opportunities. I mean, we'll, we'll go see if the freshmen get them as much in the first game. But either way, there's a lot of guys who are going to have opportunities to set career game highs in the very first game even just because they're going to be getting more of those looks, which I think is really exciting to see. I also love that you touched on just the weaknesses that this Florida team may have at linebackers. We know one of their starting linebackers from a year ago now wears red or white in the case of this game, as Utah did reveal what their jerseys are going to be. But I think that's such a big thing because when you're man-on-man up front in the the offensive line, when you execute it perfectly, a lot of times there's still going to be one linebacker that gets through and going to have an opportunity to make a play. And one thing that Tavion excel that is he's got phenomenal vision as well but just his strength guys cannot bring him down with one arm you cannot arm tackle Tavion Thomas he will run you over like the train he is and he is so phenomenal at that that's where I think it's going to be so hard for these Florida guys is he is look there's been a lot about oh SEC this SEC that Tavion Thomas there's a reason he had offers from Alabama at one point he could have easily been an SEC back in terms of a recruiting standpoint from the very start of all this so I just think that's another thing that's so important to keep in mind is these Florida linebackers aren't able to tackle in those one-on-one situations. It's going to be a very long day for them. And going off of that as well is I touched on earlier how making Anthony Richardson uncomfortable in this game is so is so critical in terms of 
putting the game on his shoulders. But I'll also say this. The, he's a kind of guy, Coach Winningham talked about the speed he has. He's going to try to escape the pocket and run for the first first downs mm-hmm. a couple times. Whoever is spying him or on him, Lander Barton, Diabate, I would love if it's Diabate, honestly, just because I think it would be awesome if he got a big hit on him in the open field as well as the Florida fans all going hush. And There's going to be a lot – not all every Florida fan is going to remember who Diabate is, but the ones who are serious will remember, like, dang, that's our guy out there making plays. So I would love if the first time he scrambles, you lay a big hit on him, make him a little bit timid to run because he doesn't want to feel that again as well as make sure you collapse in that pocket junior tafuna from the interior getting that pass rush going to the inside we'll see what kind of blitzes they bring as well this is a florida offensive line that has a few returners but some new guys coming in as well so there could be some communication issues there that i think are going to be very key for utah to try to take advantage on and i just think it's an awesome opportunity too for a guy like van billinger coming off that edge to get after that because i feel like if you can really make anthony richardson uncomfortable then it's just going to be a long day for him because he's going to start to press. And when you start to press, you make mistakes. Oddly enough, my second key was also contain Anthony Richardson. Um, Because like you've addressed all of the big points, like he's a very mobile quarterback. Like he's not afraid to tuck it and run. Um, I do think it's going to be, I think whether it's Lander's going to be spy or like whoever's going to be spy on him, I think they're going to have a, a big task in front of them because like that offensive line is pretty good. It's a pretty good offensive line. So I don't think he's going to be, I don't think it's going to be instant collapse of the offensive line. I think it's going to be, it's going to have to be something that they get wore down because Utah's defensive line this year, I think is the most diverse we've ever seen. You have a bunch of different body types, a bunch of different sizes, a bunch of different speeds. So basically these coaches can plug and play with whatever they want to depend on whatever situation they have going. If you want fast, speedy defensive ends, you put Van, uh, you put Jonah Ellis and you put even Connor O'Toole or Miki Sugataranga. You put those two on, you put them on ends You if you want speed. If you want to be bull rushed, you probably go, you go Ellis or you go Jonah Ellis or you go Van Fillinger. Like you have so many different key, like people you can mix and match. And I think that's going to make the job a lot easier because you don't want to put all of it on your linebackers or whoever's your spy, which I'm assuming it's going to be a linebacker because I don't see why Clark Phillips would be spy on the quarterback. Like that just doesn't make sense to me. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think it honestly is going to fall on the linebackers to make, make sure that he is in place. And I Colton Swan talked about that today about just, they need to be prepared for whatever is going to be thrown at them. Like, just like stay home. They need to fill their gaps. Like they, if they don't fill their gaps, that's another going to be a big issue because AR is going to be able to squeeze through one of those gaps and just hightail it. Um, And he's, he's the kind of quarterback that in my opinion, you don't want to let get to the second level. Like if he gets past your linebackers, you're probably done. Mm -hmm. You are probably done. And while I have, I have a lot of faith in RJ and um, Cole, I just think at the same time it's going to be it's going to be hard if it's them versus him because he is he's built. He's he's a big quarterback. Um not saying that they won't be able to tackle him, but at the same time like you got to just you got to pick your battles. And I think containing him is going to be like key because if you can take away his arm and his legs, like they just have a run game. They just have a run game and Utah's pretty good at stopping the run. Yeah, and the other thing is too is when if 
guys like RJ and Cole are making the tackle. I mean, that's a 20 yard gain more than likely, especially mm-hmm. if they're dropping into coverage. So that's what makes it so challenging too. But you're right. When he gets a full head of steam, that's something they're going to have to worry about because he is, <laughs> I mean, when you're drawing camp, when you mentioned, Hey, he's got some Cam Newton like that, like we've heard some people talk about, that's a lofty praise. And it just kind of shows you the athlete and the threat Anthony Richardson is. So it's going to be interesting to see how this Utah team goes about getting after him. If they are able to win those one-on-one matchups with some of those diverse pass rushes you talked about, or if they have to bring some of those blitzes. We're going to talk about our some of our other keys in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league de- developments, game matchups, news podcasts, including this year's opening week games. Guys, how great was it to have week zero back, but now week one, five straight days of college football. I cannot wait. So make sure you guys head over to Bet Online, check in on the action, cash in on the Utes if you feel like they're going to go down into Gainesville and get a victory, as well as the other great matchups we have during week one. It's the fast bet online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Don't forget sports like Major League Baseball and of course NFL starting in just over a week and a half. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. So jumping back in to these biggest keys and takeaways like that. We mentioned it. Just establishing the offense has been a big one and then containing Anthony Richardson as well. So we've really highlighted what Utah needs to do offensively and defensively. But there's still a third aspect to the game, and it's been one Utah has struggled with in the past, and that's the special teams. This is the way where when you're looking at a game on paper, Utah has 17 returning starters. They have the continuity. They have the coaching staff. We know what Kyle Whittingham is at Utah. I think Bill Napier is a good head coach. We don't know what his Florida tenure is going to look like yet. So on paper, there's a reason that Utah is favored in this game by a lot of experts for people who are going in to pick this game. And I think that on paper, Utah should win. But how you lose these kind of games is – you give up a blocked punt. You let them return a kickoff to the house. You miss an easy field goal. Those are all things that really cost you in the long run. And it's something I feel like this Utah team is going to have to do a really good job of being sharp on and up on. And I think Coach Sean has really stressed this. They know this is an issue. Last year, after that lengthy rain delay, we saw them give up a kick return to Weber State. I think they're going to come in locked in, really ready for this challenge. And that won't be an issue. But if it does become an issue at all, I feel like that's really how you let a team like Florida who on paper, once again, has an inferior roster to you win this game. Um, before I get into my third point, I just want to bring up that Coach Whittingham actually brought that up in practice on Tuesday. Um, he talked about how the kicking game, like the kicker position, was neck and neck between Jordan Noyes and Jaden Redding. Like he said it was like, it was either or. Like it was like kind of a crapshoot. And if, which he's all, he even flat out said, if one of them misses an easy kick, the next one is going out there and trying it. So, I think the kicking situation is not going to be an issue as much as it was last year, but the punting situation we had last year was atrocious, Mm -hmm. um, which he, again, which said, like, that wasn't, it was not even a competition. Baumeister, who transfers to Utah from Michigan State, like, easily beat Mike Williams for the job, like, easily. And so I think I'm not like put like making sure your coverage teams are good and stuff like that. But I think part of the reason why Utah struggled with the kick game last year is because they had kickers out there who weren't the best. That's how I'm going to phrase it. Cause they're good yeah. kickers, but at the same time, like they're no Ray guy award winners. They're no Lou Groza yeah. finalists. Like, 100%. so I think the first step to fixing like the, the special team situation they had last year is to get better specialists, which they did. They've done, I should say. But 
my third key is staying true to yourself. I know that sounds like cheesy and stuff like that, but we've seen it before when Utah's down and they start deviating from what they're used to and they start trying to force things that aren't there and they start trying, they go into panic mode basically. And they get, they, I'm not saying they deviate away from the game plan because I don't know what their game plan is and stuff like that. But like, I think my biggest example of that would be the BYU game last year. Like, things were not going well and so they started trying to force passes they started trying to like just do things that were not utah like utah like is what i should say they weren't good like it was forcing stuff it was making a lot of mental errors a lot of fit like a lot of sloppy play and so i think if utah stays true to who they are like even if they're like down like don't give up like don't don't deviate from what you are like utah football is hard-nosed disciplined defensive mentality with the run game football and if you start struggling like don't go like I mean you can try it and see if it works but at the same time if you try whatever you want to do and it doesn't work and it ends up worse then you're kind of back to square one Mm -hmm. so Utah not to panic especially with some of the young players on this team because there is some youth especially in the starting like starting like player like starting rotations like there's some young guys like lander barton making his first ever college start versus florida that's insane like you have a lot of like young guys out there and you don't want them to get worried and anxious and like think that things aren't going well like just stay true yeah hey i I like it dropping life advice as well as football advice on the field and it is so true because you see teams Let's say Florida has a couple explosive plays and maybe they get up uh, by 10 points. And then if Utah comes out and they're trying to match that and and just dropping back three plays in a row, look, I think the receivers and tight ends are really strong for this team. So maybe they're able to do it, but why, when you have so much time, really, like you mentioned, just Mm -hmm. stay true, establish that run, especially if it's working early on. I think it's something this team is really going to have to focus on and keep with your identity defensively as well. I think it's something that is so important for this Utah team and it is going to be fun to see them get after it. Yeah, I think it, not forcing it is probably the is the better way for me to phrase it instead of staying true. Is don't force stuff. Like if you can see that they're they're going press man coverage, like don't be throwing deep bombs down the side of the field. Like that's I feel like that's not the smart way to do it. But then again, I'm not Andy Ludwig. I don't get paid his salary. But it, it's just going to be interesting. And like, I've talked about this before is like, usually Utah has like one game to kind of work out the kinks and like kind of figure out where they're at in game one. They can't do that. They can do this. that They can do it this year if they really wanted to, but I don't know how well that's going to end for them. Whereas like next week is SUU. Like they can like play the starters for a quarter and a half and then say, okay, second team get out there. And then, the second team does their thing and they say, okay, third team, you get out there. And so you're getting those young guys, those experiences and those reps that they need. And you can work out all those little mental kinks. But when you start out in the swamp versus Florida, it, there's a very, I'm not saying there's a, there's a small margin of error. We don't know what this Napier team's going to look like. Mm-hmm. I mean, reports out of their campus is, is seeing like all of their guys are reacting well to what he's teaching them and what he's coaching them and the mentality going into the program. But mentality and attitude are a lot different than play on the field because you can say you talk the talker and you walk the walk but if you go out there on the field and you're playing undisciplined football you're getting like sloppy penalties you're getting false starts you're getting offsides you're getting holdings you're getting pass interferences like 
you're not as mentally disciplined as you said you are. So I think that's that's my thing is like Utah can make a few mistakes, but you got to make sure that they're not going to be mistakes that come back to bite you in the butt. For sure. And that's something you talked about, a guy like Lander Barton being there. That is, as you mentioned, one heck of a first game to have to get you started down in Gainesville with that hostile of a crowded environment as well. It's definitely going to be a challenge, and it'll be interesting to see how he and the rest of the young guys who get in are up to it, and it is so crucial. It's always hard early in the season because you're going to make a couple of mistakes, but you still got to be disciplined, and that's where it helps to have those returning players as well. And Utah has one returning player, at least not to their team, but a guy who's been a veteran in the college football landscape in Mohamed Diabate that we're going to talk about in just a second. But first, I want to tell you guys about Intercap lending. There is a reason no lender helps more families in Utah with their mortgage needs. Intercap gets deals done. Quick and simple process. Intercap closes loans two weeks faster than the industry average. And though fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process. And that's what Locked On's personal loan officer, Steve Carter, has delivered to hundreds of Locked On listeners so far, including Locked On's own founder, David Locke. And let's be honest, if Steve can help keep David on track through the entire process, Steve can help anyone. And though Intercap is new to the Locked On you've seen, it's not new to assisting customers with their mortgage needs. They've been doing so since 1978. That's 43 years of experience. And Steve Carter has been providing Locked On listeners with the best experience since 2018. Intercap is headquartered here in Utah, but licensed to help with all your mortgage needs in 40 states. Give Steve a call. His direct number is 385-800-8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer. NMLS number is 190465. So jumping back in to this. We talked about our biggest keys to the game, and it's going to be fun to see how those all play out. But there's one interesting aspect of this game I think a lot of people have been curious about, and that's Mahmoud Diabate coming over from Florida to Utah. A lot of people have been going, okay, how much can he help? Giving inside information is going to be doing all these different things to help Utah. And there's a couple things that go into it. It's not 100% that there's nothing he can provide, but there's not a lot. Because it's a new coaching staff, there's a lot of new players, new transfers, it's a brand new scheme. So throw all of the game plan stuff out the window that. Now here's where I think he provides the most value, is talking with other players one-on-one about guys' tendencies and things they like to do. He's used to being a guy who would blitz off the edge. He played on-ball linebacker his first couple years with Florida and then played off-ball last year. So he knows the tendency, he knows what kind of moves their pass rushers, he knows the, what moves they're going to prefer to go to, what they like to do off the edge, inside. He knows what those guys' strengths are. Same thing, the corners as well. And how many times has he seen a guy like Anthony Richardson in practice as well? He's going to know some of his tendencies too and some of those things. And it's not textbook. It's not perfect. But it's kind of like a movie recommendation to me. Like mm-hmm. it can mean a lot and there's a lot of things that you can still take from it. But at the end of the day, you have to go see it and do it yourself. So that's why these coaches are still going to go in and watch that film. But when Diabate tells them, hey, watch his right foot, you're going to see he puts too much weight on it when he's actually going to blitz. That's something you go into film and then you're looking to see if that's actually there. So there is some value he can provide, but I don't know if I would call it a necessary game changer. I wouldn't either. Um Actually, he was available to the media on Tuesday, which was interesting to talk to him. And someone asked him basically, like, like, what are you excited about going back to the swamp? And like, what are you like helping your teammates with? And he's like, he basically said, there's not a lot I can help with. But like, I've been talking to some of my old teammates in Florida, like we've been smack talking and stuff like that. But he's like, it has gone radio silent now because we're all getting ready for game day and stuff like that. But 
I just think this is a funny tidbit, but they were like, hey, are you ready to go see those, be in those visiting locker rooms this time? And he was like, I've actually been in the visiting locker rooms, like, because they split the team up during 2020, during yeah. the COVID season. He's like, and that, that, he's like, that locker room, it has some sort of smell for it, like, in it. And he was like, it's, it's, it's a weird smell. He's like, but it's, it's going to be good to smell that smell again. And I think, I think more than anything, I think, yeah, like he'll give like input on like players tendencies and stuff like that. But I think more of the atmospheric like advice, I think is yeah. going to be very important, especially given how hostile the swamp can be like for him saying like, like him saying like, yeah, it's, it's one of the best places to play in the country. Like that says something. And like, it's been a big conversation on Twitter as of late about like the swamp and like humidity and, and weather and all of those fun things. But I yeah it's gonna it'll be we'll see how he like how his like his past pays out because huh? at the end of the day like you just kind of have to go with it because like you said you're switching you're switching coaches you're switching schemes you're switching everything at Florida so the stuff that he knew is not the stuff that's probably being preached down there right now. One hundred percent, and I think one thing that's really interesting for him too is he's probably going to downplay the personal element of it a little bit. But mm-hmm. anytime you move on from anything in life, whether that's an old job, a relationship, you want to show them you're in a better place than you are now. So he's absolutely going to come down there fired up. And I think Utah's excited to get this win just for what it means for their season. But I think as well, this is a season, this is a game like Diabate will look back on when he's done playing. And if Utah's able to get that win, I think it's going to be really special for him. So he, it's mm-hmm. going to be a great opportunity for him to go in and go down into Gainesville where he's not coming off his best season from a year ago as well. Just talking with people with Florida as well. He did struggle a little bit with that adjustment to playing more off the ball, but I think he's getting even stronger linebacker coaching now from coach Swan. So I expect him to see that step up as well. And it is a nice opportunity when you're playing some of your former teammates, because you do know those tendencies. So going to be fun to see how it plays out. And it's going to be fun just to see how this game plays out, Sammy. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, what's your score prediction and how do you think this is going to play out? I have it being a close game. Uh, I have it 34, 31 for Utah. Uh, I just think, I think both teams have some juice in the tank. Utah from like the season they had last year. Fantastic. I think they're still riding on that. But then Florida, I think is like, we're going to go out there and we're going to win for our coach, like our new coach. And we're going to show the country like that we are back basically. And we're going to show it to Utah because like on on paper, Technically, Florida has a better roster. If you look at the composite rankings between four stars and five stars, they actually rank ranking standpoint. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. composite star rankings like yeah. on like recruiting sites like twenty four seven and stuff like that. Florida has a better roster than Utah. Like they have more five stars on their like roster than Utah's yeah. probably ever had at any given sure. point. So statistically, on paper, like you, Florida could be considered the better team. But at the end of the day, I think it's about as much as it's about like scoring and getting in there, I think it's going to be a discipline game and I think it's going to be a mind game. Uh, Billy Napier has been known to coach some like really tough teams mentally. And I think that we're going to see if Florida is one of those. Uh, well, we already know that Wit pose like coaches mentally, physically, all forms of tough teams, like yeah. especially knowing what the team has been through and stuff like that. It's just, it's going to be a mental game as well as a physical, physical game. I think it's going to be chess. It's going to be a game of chess between Andy Ludwig versus the Florida defensive coordinator and then Morgan Scally versus the Florida offensive coordinator. Just who can, who can get their personnel to do what 
is going to be the best. But I think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be like I've seen people have it like in the 50s. I don't think it's going to be in the 50s. I have it 34 31 um which is like a like a, it's 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 yeah. I, I don't know. I'm going on a tangent so. <laughs> no, I I think it's for sure it's going to be a really close game. I'm going to give my score prediction on tomorrow's show so make sure you guys check that out and but I do think it's a really fun matchup. And it's interesting to see when you talked about, yes, on paper, Florida has those guys with that talent. So can they maximize it, which is always something so interesting, because that's something we know about Utah is their recruits aren't always as high, but we know they maximize these guys. And when they, we know what they are coming in, and it's why they're the favorites, because they have the experience as well. But anytime you got guys who just on paper have that kind of athletic background, as you mentioned, you're going to have a chance. So it's going to be fun and interesting to see how this one plays out. But Sammy, just in terms of this game as as well as just for the season, what kind of content and stuff do you have coming up? So I will be doing our weekly break time with FTV and Sammy podcast on Utezone.com, which is a site of the 24-7 Sports Network. There is always tons of free promos running around or like promos for like free months or like discounted months or stuff like that. So if you want to join one of the biggest sites of Utah fans in the state, come join us over at Utezone. Uh, that podcast is for subscribers only, so it is behind our paywall, but I have a bunch of free content coming out, just game recaps, uh, practice pieces, uh, like just other stuff that comes along as the season uh, happens. But I'm excited for this season. I think I think it's going to be good. I'm trying not to get my hopes up like super high. I know a lot of people are like college football playoff or bust. I'm just like, how about we take it one game at a time? Why <laughs> because I feel like that's the best mentality for this because last year, you know, when they got ahead of themselves, they lost Oregon State. Yep. They got ahead of themselves and they thought they were going to beat BYU. They got ahead of themselves and they thought they were going to beat San Diego State. So I think taking it one game at a time is probably going to be the best route for this. Do I think there's going to be one loss, like a disappointing loss on the schedule? Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, with the new formatting of the Pac-12, where it's just the top two winners go to the Pac-12 championship game, doesn't matter what division you're in, like, you just need to win in your conference games. That's kind of all that matters. Like, and if you drop one, like, yeah, it's going to suck. But at the same time, like if the rest of the conference is thriving, you know, it's going to be one of those situations where they're like, well, Utah has one loss to an undefeated Oregon team or like an undefeated USC team. And then it kind of boosters their resume as well as the rest of the teams in the conference. So I'm just taking it one game at a time. I really don't have any predictions for how the season's going to go. I'm just, I'm just rolling with the flow this year. Well, Sammy, I can tell you've been spending time about Coach Witt and this team because that's what we always hear him talk about. One and zero, taking it one week at a time. So it makes so much sense. Yeah, I think this is my fourth or fifth season covering Utah football. So I've been around that man for a long time. <laughs> And it should be a great one. So huge thanks to Sammy for joining us on today's show. If you guys want to see more of her comment content, excuse me, make sure you follow her at Twitter at S underscore Mora 99. Also, if you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, I want to tell you guys about the ultimate college football preview. Thank you again for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every day. And now for your second listen, make sure you guys do go check out the ultimate pro football free preview as well. You guys saw the college one last week. Now we got the ultimate pro football preview for you is officially here. It's an eight episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the locked on podcast network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of locked on all bets, all combining into the one ultimate NFL preview search for the ultimate pro football 2022 on your odyssey 
app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Guys, NFL season is a week away, and you know it's even closer than that. Kickoff in Gainesville, so it's going to be a fun one. We still got some great content coming up the rest of the week here on Locked On Utes, so make sure you guys stay tuned to the channel and check us out every day.